whether he was doing it, I think like probably half the time he was doing it deliberately and the other half, it's just kind of like what he does because it's his style it's and like routine. his ideas. Yeah. But there were so many moments like, um, you know, spoiler alert, like Jimmy Hoffa dies. Oh wait, yeah. actually, hold on. Sorry. <clears throat> so I know, I know we already started this, yeah. but we should definitely go through and say spoiler alert for everything. For, for Jimmy everything, Hoffa though was yeah. a real person who died. And like, no, if no, you don't know I that, know that, but I'm saying spoiler alert for, I'm, I'm, I'm saying for all the films that we're talking about today. Yeah. So before we go any further, it's spoiler alert for the Irishman, Jojo rabbit, uh, what were your two again? Uh, Little Women. Little Women. What's the book that's been around for like yeah, okay, Brazilian fine, years. Whatever. Yeah. The other one. Uh, oh, Once Upon a Time. Lighthouse. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Lighthouse. Right. Uh, and Midsummer. And Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Spoiler alert because we want to talk about everything we like about the film. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If you got to yeah, dance yeah. around the plot and stuff, uh, forget it. It gets it. really yeah. fucked up. It's not yeah. a real review if you can't no. talk about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely suggest watching all the movies we're talking about yeah. in this episode. Yeah. If you ever, you know, have a chance. Anyway. So, like, for example, like, one thing is when Jimmy Hoffa dies, he walks into an empty house mm-hmm. and then he gets shot. And it's like very similar to what happens to Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Yeah. It's like a fam- famous moment where he thinks he's being made and they take him into a house. It's completely empty. And he's like, Oh no. And he like realizes, and then boom, they shoot him. And they shoot him. Right. God, that what was a- like one thing. And then there was like another shot where, uh, there's a bunch of guns laid out on a bed. Right. Oh, think, that's a great scene. I think it's when, uh, the Robert De Niro character is, uh, I think it's probably when he's preparing to, He's like arming himself to kill Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. And, and he lays a bunch of guns out on a bed. That's to, to me as a reference to taxi driver. Yeah. When the gun salesman is like laying out all the guns on the bed. Then there was like a shot of, uh, from the cameras like inside of a car and it's looking at, uh, like a long line of people stretching around the block. Mm-hmm. That made me think of last waltz. There's like an opening. Um, uh, there's like a long, uh, like steady cam shot through the nursing home in the beginning, yeah. which I think probably makes people think of like the, the famous, uh, take for, of Copacabana when yeah. he's like walking through the kitchen and everything. Except now it's like at a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there were just like so many moments where it made me, it felt so personal to Scorsese because yeah. it's like, he's kind of, yeah, I definitely remember he like knows that he's making a film that's sort of like a culmination of so many of his other crime yeah. films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely yeah. remember like you and me talking about it at the end. Like we're kind of like, there's so many like homages to his, to his movies. And like, this kind of feels like the end of it. Like the end of a of an era, yeah. Like he's not wrapping up his career necessarily, but like, when's the next time these get we're ever gonna get these people together to make a film like this? And it kind of felt yeah. like he's closing it's a chapter. It. It's probably the last one. Yeah. yeah, and it's most likely the last one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a beautiful film. It took him so long to make it too. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many it years? Was such an ordeal. It just it was one of those 15? films that was in development forever. Yeah, it was like s- studios. 10? Studios just wouldn't finance it. Yeah, until Netflix finally agreed. A very controversial, <laughs> like like. Production. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, like these kind of mo- when Scorsese does a movie like this, it makes a ton of money. Yeah, part had made a ton of money. If you had released this in theaters, it would make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I don't know why people were reluctant to. It's long. It. Very fucking long. Yeah. It's long. It's I mean, a very but, long but like movie. a studio could finance it and insist on like release it as two parts or whatever, you know. Well, you know, I, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it at home. Right. So um, it, it was definitely like a pause and play type of movie. Yeah. I'd watch like 40 minutes and then like, it's all right. It's That's like, the thing. Right. Like for me, that movie, you, you can't watch it. That's why I was weirded out that Netflix is the one that like picked it up. Because. Yeah that's definitely a movie you have to sit in a theater and watch because it's so long and it's yeah. it's so demanding of your time and your attention. Yeah. So when Netflix came out with it, I remember you and I were talking like it should they should probably like release it in parts. You should definitely break or something. it up. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. It's, it's I, made for that too. It's essentially a series of vignettes. You yeah. Know, like connected vignettes, you know. Yeah. But you know. It's, it's, a, it's a narrative. It's a, it's a linear narrative. Yeah. yeah. But like the way. I still think you should definitely yeah. watch it in one whole shot. 
I will. I just don't have three hours. Yeah. It's just people who just don't <laughs> it'd be, have it. It'd be interesting though, just to, well, so like, um, when Tarantino did hateful eight, there's like yeah. a bunch of different versions of that, including like Netflix divided up into like 45 minute yeah. episodes. Yeah. I think you could do that probably with the Irishman as well. Scorsese may be mm. like old fashioned. He's like, don't, don't fuck with my movie. Don't like probably. cut it up into yeah. sections. Yeah. But I could see it happening. It's the kind of film I could, you could, I could see it like he releases like an expanded version or whatever. And it's like a four part mini series or he could easily have done it as two films. Yeah. Well, that's what the hateful eight is. It's an expanded like four episode mini series. Yeah. Did yeah, they do that really eventually? They, add, they added more stuff recut into it, it to make it yeah. into a miniseries. I mean, that's smart. I remember watching. Yeah, I love Hateful Eight, by the way. It's great. Right? It's so fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think it's great. Um, and the thing that pissed me off the most about it was the time because I watched it in one shot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was just like, then he has the uh, intermission in the middle. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, how fucking dare he demand <laughs> people watch his movie for three hours? So, yeah. despite, like, it's. Long movies only bother me if they're bad. Yeah. That's. That was the thing, like the uh, the hateful. Like, I was enjoying it, but I didn't like. It's not like the Irishman. Like I really enjoyed the if Irishman. If the movie is really long and bad, then I find it kind of insulting. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like, say say the Irishman was forty five minutes shorter. What is everybody doing for those extra forty five minutes? That's so fucking important. You're right. What are they doing? No. Well, they're gonna go and get like a hamburger, taking a piss. You're, yeah, like like eh. you can you can spare a little extra time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, if I'm watching it at home, yeah, sure. But this is a theater experience. It takes forever. That's like, there's a whole yeah. other amount of time you have to add to that. I did. You, when you, when you watch a movie like this in the theater, you have to think about like, okay, how much, how much water am I going to drink before I go in? Yeah. Here? You and have like, to plan it. Yeah. The, hydra- the hydration <laughs> is like, it's, it's a serious business. You have to plan ahead. Yeah. yeah there's that. I mean, it's like the time it takes. Cause you know, if you can, if you're going to see a three hour movie, that's really a five hour day. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it's an hour. Let's say it's an hour to get to the theater, hour home. Yeah. That type of thing. So yeah. it's five hours of your time. Yeah, if we're being real here, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm not saying anything against making three-hour films. I'm just saying that there is a, a cost to three-hour films. Yeah, there definitely is a cost. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think he could have just done two movies: The Irishman and I Heard You Paint Houses. They're two movies. Yeah, oh, I mean, it would have been an easy solution. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I found I found it different. Where uh, when I watched The Hateful Eight, I was more engaged in Hateful Eight from a filmmaking and story perspective. Yeah. Than I was with The Irishman. Mm. Mainly because I knew the story of Jimmy Hoffa. Um, mm. I didn't know the story of, uh, I forget the main character's name. Frank Sheeran. Frank Sheeran. I didn't know his story in particular, but I knew the general story of Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Um, whereas in The Hateful Eight, you know, it's a completely brand new story. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. You yeah. Know, I was following that more. The thing with The uh, Irishman that I ended up getting stuck on more was like, I ended up spending most of my time watching the film trying to figure out how much de-aging was being used. Yeah, there's, I, know. I mean, uh, that's I felt, my own personal thing. That's not a knock on the well, movie. No, because a lot of people felt that way. Like in, in the beginning of the movie, uh, like that's, that was the big thing about that movie, right? It's like, they're going to de-age everyone. So everyone was going into it, like looking at their faces, like really paying attention to this. Yeah. And then there's one scene where uh, you could clearly tell it's Robert De Niro. He's trying to beat the guy. He's up. gonna beat the guy up. Yeah, and you're like, this is an old man just being a guy up. Yeah, and it's kind of weird and janky. And this is when he's outside. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. He looks like like tired and weak, and it's not. Yeah, he looks yeah. like an old man, like, kind of just kicking him. Yeah, he looks like he's trying to kill like a cockroach that's like scattering through yeah. his kitchen or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks yeah. like. His hands were what got me because his hands are all. It was like, his shoulders. Yeah, that too. It was his shoulders because he was like this, and he was very yeah. like blocky. Yeah. Um. That and his the color of his eyes. The color of his eyes was they digitally changed the color of his eyes and I I kept looking at him like what, yeah. what is wrong? It made me think of like yeah. people who 
like nowadays these these stupid kids who wear these like contact lenses oh that are God. like hot pink or like purple right. or whatever. Yeah. These like, days, the fuck? that's is this like, like shit when we were in high school. It's been going on for a yeah. while. Yeah, it's more prevalent now. They're cheaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that I found distracting. Um, um, but the the de aging it was good. It, it was, it was really good. good. I I noticed it. For, like here and there, but then it didn't really. Yeah, after a while, you stopped caring. It didn't bother me yeah, so much. Yeah. Like I didn't find it as distracting as in Star Wars when there's a character who, you know, if the actor is is dead or whatever, and then they yeah. create like a fully CGI, and I'm yeah. like, that's impressive, like CG work. But I know that it's a CG it's not person. A real person. So yeah. now I'm not thinking about the scene. I'm thinking about a oh, good looking CG person. Yeah, how right, impressive yeah. is this thing? When yeah. you, and you're yeah. like, you're not in the scene anymore. With the Irishman, because it's like throughout the film, it's like you think about it for a little bit and then you kind of get past it. Yeah, it kind of yeah. yeah. becomes a regular thing in the yeah. movie. Yeah, um, I, I didn't really notice it until um, when I, I went back and watched like special feature, uh, whatever Netflix released, and they would show scenes of like the, uh, the oh, shot. Oh, yeah, the little round D- table. Thing. That's so Yeah, cool. it was like That's shot in DH shot. Yeah. And like you, you realize, oh, like the DH. There was plenty of shots I would see. I'm like, oh, I thought that was actually just him. Yeah. Because you, know, you you don't realize how old someone actually looks. Because mm-hmm. you you have this mental picture of like what Al Pacino looks like and what yeah. Al Especially like. Joe Pesci. I yeah. haven't seen him in anything in years. Exactly. So I didn't yeah. really notice de-aging with him at all. Yeah. But then when yeah. you see like the side-by-side comparison, you're like, you're oh, like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, this looks really good. He looks like an old school cowboy nowadays. It's really yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love that beard. That uh, mustache he has. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, it's great. It's so great. <laughs> One thing I, I didn't like is... um some some know-it-all jerk-off did like his own version of de-aging mm-hmm. the characters you see that and like put it no. on youtube yeah and everyone was like oh his version's so much better it it made me angry what is that wait, wait, what is this hold on what it's like some some vfx artist somewhere mm-hmm. sort of like did his own de-aging version of the characters okay so he took scenes from the irishman mm-hmm. he did his own de-aging mm-hmm. and then put out his version and people were like oh his version looks better Okay. Isn't that embarrassing for the studio? Sure. I didn't like it because he basically just de-aged them by making them look the same as they did in like a film from the 80s yeah. or the 70s. Sure. But that's not, it's not young Robert De Niro. It's young Frank Sheerhan. Yeah, it, exactly. You know what I mean? There's two different it's things. It's a character. It's a character. It's yeah. not just, let's make Joe Pesci look like he did in Goodfellas. That's yeah. not the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I agree with yeah, that's, that's the that's the new like discussion. It's like, are you, are you de-aging the actor? Or are you de-aging the character? Right. You know, so at what point, where does, where is that line drawn? I mean, you know? if you're changing Robert De Niro's eye color, then you're definitely de-aging the character. Well, I mean, that's yeah. the same thing as an actor losing weight, you know, it, it's, but it's a character. Know, it is. I'm you just, know? I'm just saying, I don't have, I don't, I'm not on either particular end of it. Yeah. I just think that's, it, it's an interesting. No, I'm, I, I'm 100%. I agree with John on this because it, they did the same thing mm. with, um, and I don't know why this immediately comes up in my head. Mm. Remember, uh, in Man of Steel when they, someone recolored the film to like look like bright and, oh, yeah, like, I remember that. That annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, of course yeah. it did. And I was just like, this is not, there's a, oh, somebody like, did that with Marvel too. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, like there's a reason why they did this color palette or this yeah. was a, this was a, a choice. And yeah. just because you didn't like it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, that's because we're, we're now we're just getting into the whole YouTube fucking yeah. like sinkhole because there's yeah. some asshole somewhere who's like, <laughs> oh, you know, this would have been way better yeah. if it was just much shiny. Yeah. Let me show you the two clips. Yeah. And, and with this, in this case, it's let me show you a picture. Right. It's not even yeah. like them actually doing the work for a whole scene. Yeah. It's I, fucking ridiculous. I think there's something to be said about making an actor look like the way, because you know what they, especially with these actors, you know exactly what they look like when they were that age. Yeah. Because you saw their career. Right. Yeah. So just like recreating yeah. the way De Niro looked in Taxi Driver is not, that's, it's just not what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's right. a different character. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's a, it's a choice. Yeah. It's an artistic it's, it's, choice. There's a, there's a middle ground there somewhere. <laughs> 
you know, there's definitely a middle ground. No, there's not. Having, having there's said that, I'm sorry. sorry. Like, you know. No, there's not. It's like if Martin Scorsese says he's like, well, I'm doing this. He's a character. I'm not mm-hmm. de-aging Robert De Niro, the person. Sure. Then that's it. That's no, no, I, understand, I understand the artistic choice. I'm just saying yeah. that there is a, from an audience perspective, there is definitely a middle ground that you could, I guess. You could pull from. Whereas yeah. like, yes, if you're a creator, you're creating a storyline and you want, you, you want to de-age a character, an actor playing a character. Fine. That makes sense. Yeah. But there's, you can, you also cannot be surprised when people are like, Hey, look, this person didn't look like this back in the day <clears throat> because from us, from a film perspective, we're going to say, yes, he's de-aging a character right? versus an audience member who's going to be like this. He didn't look like that. Yeah. Who's not completely in, in the fucking in, world, the whole world yeah. of what's going on. That's fair. Um, so I think there is a balance there of like, yes, I understand why people would be upset. Mm, yeah. Um, although it did look fucking dope. Yeah, it did. So, <laughs> um, and also the people who complain about color and you, color and shit on YouTube. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, we go guys. into yeah. that all day. I think we should actually do an episode on this topic. I want to do an episode about yeah. this, especially when the whole Game of Thrones thing happened. Where everyone's yeah. like, it's too dark. It's like, no, you're just not watching it right. Yeah. You're watching it on your phone. You're watching it on your phone or your laptop in a bright yeah. fucking room. No, it's not. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we ranted about that once before. We can do yeah, it. Some we, we can do this episode next if you want. Mm, maybe. Uh, we'll, think mm. about that. Um, um, well, the only thing I was going to say is yeah. that um, there's one uh, scene where they they flash back to him in World War II. That was rough. When I was like, this kind of looks like a video game. Yeah, that was, that was a video game. That's the one time I would say that like, you should probably just make him look like young. Yeah, time. that's Call of Duty. Yeah. Another another random thing to say about that scene, as like a lot of people pointed out, is that he. Uh, when, when De Niro is doing the voiceover, mm-hmm. uh, when he's kind of like narrating the story to whoever he's narrating the story to, it's not, it's not really clear. I guess mm-hmm. he's narrating to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't really know when, when, he, when he's like sitting a, there in the, in the old home, we don't really know who he's, who he's speaking to when he's telling his life story. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I never even like, I, I always assumed he was being interviewed. Yeah. Me too. Like, like, yeah, cause, but, cause uh, there's a book out there. The so. thing is at the end, then you see like FBI agents and like a nurse and other people mm-hmm. and a priest who are trying to get the story out of him and he refuses to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, uh, somebody noticed like a good, uh, a really like clever thing De Niro did is when he starts talking about that scene, it's when his character is basically committing a war crime. Yeah. They're like captured prisoners and he makes them dig a hole and then he murders them. Right. Yeah. So that's murder. Uh, and he starts stuttering at that point. Yeah. And then throughout the rest of his VO, there are moments when he starts like stuttering when you can tell that like, his conscience is weighing on him. Yeah. He starts talking about like his morality. Uh, kind of to thing. Kill, uh, um, Jimmy Hoffa yeah. starts like stuttering. And mm-hmm. as you can tell, even, even though he's like this very cold sociopathic character, yeah. there's, there's something in there that makes him feel guilty about this. That maybe go, oh, he's not, a, he's a, he's not a sociopath. He's, he's a normal guy who like went to war and it fucked him up. Yeah. Like, he just kind of fell into it. That's how I saw it. That's, yeah. Well, that's like what, what's so great about Scorsese's films is that he's, he's is trying true? to make the audience understand someone who's, who more or less is like evil. Like yeah. He would characterize his, his actions as evil. I mean, he kills people. Yeah. But, uh, he's trying to make you empathize and understand yeah. how he thinks and how he got like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so great about his yeah. films. Yeah. And that, that's my favorite thing about the Irishman. It's everything we were talking about. It's like, there's this like coziness to, to that film because it feels yeah. like there's so much of him in there. Like his whole style. I felt like I was right. Like I was at home. That makes any sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, the whole film though was a lot slower. Yeah. Than his previous, which obviously makes sense because the characters are older and it's, and it's like a film about getting old and dying. Yeah. But the, the whole pace of the film is much slower. Mm-hmm. I like the cutting is much slower. Yeah. yeah. It really like takes his time, especially the whole, it's probably like a whole half an hour of when he 
he knows or he's, or we feel like the sense of dread, like mm-hmm. Jimmy Hoff is going to die soon. Yeah. That like whole sort of drawn Oof. out sequence where like he learns he has to kill him and then he has to go through with it. It's and so then, like, like the aftermath, yeah. and then he has to call up his wife and pretend like he doesn't know what happened. That's all like so like yeah. drawn out and slow. They want you to fucking it's feel painful. it. Yeah, it's very it's like painful. Kind of a slow, it's like obviously intentional because they want yeah. you to, to they feel, want you to feel that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I love that whole part. Yeah, like, it was really, it was intense. It's like, it is what it is kind of thing. It's and really then quite, like Joe Pesci's is eating cornflakes and he's basically saying via he's metaphors terrifying. like you have to go kill your best friend, like the one guy you love in the world. He's fucking yeah. terrifying in that movie. He's incredible. Joe Pesci. Yeah. He's yeah. legitimately terrifying. Plays a gangster from Scranton. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. He was very, he was very scary in that movie because he he's never, just kind of like, he's he never said the word Scranton, but you see Scranton on a map. Oh really? At one point. Uh, okay. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I like, you I like it elbowed out, actually. you. I like yeah. elbowed you when it had a close up of a map. I was like, Scranton. That's right. He lives in Pittston, which is like a little suburb outside mm. of Scranton. Mm. Anyway, anyway, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. like bu- that bureaucratic evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. he's terrifying. <clears throat> he's a sociopath. It is. He was a sociopath. Yeah, and then until it is. until they're in. Uh, yeah, it's what it is. It is what it is. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> That's my favorite line. When they're at the very end, uh, they're really old and they're both in prison. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, did you get the good grape juice? And he's like, dipping the bread. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He has like no teeth and can barely eat it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it was me or him. Uh, yeah, fuck him. And then he like, eats his little like, grape juice yeah. bread. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Also, uh, the last thing I'm going to say about this and we can move on to another movie. Um, Ray Romano. Oh, in this nah. movie. incredible. Jesus Fucking Christ. incredible, dude. <laughs> yeah. And like, the only thing my, like, it made me really sad. At, like, I was like, he's so good in this. And it made me sad mm-hmm. at the same time. Cause I was like, man, I wish he was around when these guys were younger Yeah, and he would be in Martin Scorsese's movies. Yeah. He was just so fucking like, he fit in there so well. It's weird. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was weird. It was really weird. Yeah. Anyway, you, it's you a great never, film. You would never think of him in that, in that kind of capacity. No. Yeah. It's very strange. No way. Cause it's, it's Ray Romano from fucking everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Long can, you do, can you do a Ray Romano impression? Oh, Deborah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Very nice. Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, he was great in the film. Mm-hmm. Your turn, John. You go. Oh, are we moving on to the next motion picture? Yeah, yeah. I think we should. We, All we've, right. done, we've done 20 minutes on this. <laughs> yeah, we we, my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Miles. Put it there. That's your son? No, it's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> All the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Come, <laughs> you Nazi bastards! <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Can you play the song Hush by Deep Purple here? Oh, yeah, of course. I love that song. Yeah. It's, in, it. it's in the soundtrack. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, so everyone rock out to Hush for a second. Then we'll get back. <laughs> yeah, let's just take it in. Hush. Hush. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, I adored it. I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my my like best guess. So like obviously from the title. And also because in *Inglorious Bastards, there's a title card that said once upon a time in Nazi occupied France. Mm -hmm. I knew obviously Tarantino was going to like distort history. Yeah. My guess was that he was going to be kind of sympathetic to the Manson girls and it was going to be like death proof where they turn on Charlie Manson and get him. Yeah. Not at all what happens. No, no. Um, But I, I love like this thing where he 
just kind of changes history. Yeah. And turns it into a fairy tale. And well, the, like the perspective of the film is, is very kind of like anti-hippie and very pro old traditional Hollywood, mm-hmm. which I didn't anticipate. No. But I kind of like about it. It's, it's, it's not a testament to like, even though it's set in the late 60s, it's not really a testament to like smoking grass and like the new Hollywood era. It's a testament yeah. to the old school of like right. serialized like westerns on TV yeah. and shooting like spaghetti westerns and, right. and it's and like the old FBI shows. Yeah. I didn't FBI. anticipate that, but I really loved it about the film. Yeah. yeah. It almost feels like, I mean, I, so I didn't watch this movie. Oh, um, no, no. You haven't oh, seen it? No, wow. not yet. Oh, shame it's, on I've you. Been, I've been putting it. Yeah, shame I know. No, you. I'm really embarrassed. Like I, yeah. I haven't like, I just kept pushing it to the side. So, but like the, what I keep hearing about it is that it kind of feels like a love letter to old school Absolutely. Hollywood. And it's like, a love letter to Los Angeles and yeah. Hollywood and the yeah. film industry for sure. Yeah. Um, it kind of, to me, it kind of felt like, um, like if you took kind of the premise of Entourage mm-hmm. and put it in the late sixties and had like a smart person write it, mm-hmm. this is kind of what it would be like. That's exactly it's, what it is. It's definitely like a bro comedy. Yeah. Um, but then also it's like a very sincere love letter, but it's also by somebody who actually understands like, like Entourage is a dumb show and they don't really get like, who's a good filmmaker and who's not. Yeah. So yeah. these like random ass, like Pete Berg shows up and it's like, Pete Berg's not that good. Like why do you have him in here? Uh, <laughs> but like once upon a time in Hollywood, it's it like Tarantino obviously knows film better yeah. than almost anyone. Yeah. Oh, so it's not anyone. just like a testament to like Hollywood. It's also like shout outs to all these like great actors and actresses and like filmmakers and TV producers mm-hmm. who are sort of forgotten. Right. Sharon Tate no. being like the biggest one. Oh shit. Yeah. Cause the film. So one of the weird things is like, I think a lot of people thought it might be insensitive to her, um, but it's right. like the most positive portrayal of her that I think anyone will ever do ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, also she has like no lines though. She has, she has very few lines, Yeah, but she's a big, she's a huge part of the film. Yeah. She like, looms there's so many over scenes the film. that just follow her around. Well, yeah. She looms over the film. Cause you, you, you walk in with the understanding of what happens to her in real life. All right. So you're, you're, whenever you do see her, it's you, you, you anticipate the connections to whatever the history is, you right. know, for being murdered. Yeah. Well, I do like that. He showed, um, there's a scene where she goes into a theater and she watches her own movie, but the, the clips of the film that we're seeing are like the actual Sharon Tate. I was really happy yeah. about that. I really like that Yeah, because it's like obvious. He's saying you guys haven't seen this movie, which right. is the wrecking crew with, with her and Dean Martin. Yeah. She was legitimately great actress. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's the only time I've ever seen her portrayed as like not an attractive woman not who got murdered by the Mansons. Right. Right. It's the first time anyone has kind of said in a movie, like she was a great actress and she was talented. And it and it sort of yeah praised her for that. That's amazing. It was nice. Yeah. Otherwise, she's always kind of like she's the, always a victim. Always a victim. She's, she's always like you know she's like the um she's always kind of in the she's always kind of lumped into the same category as um OJ Simpson. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like that same kind of like here's a you know the terrible Hollywood history of murders and shit yeah, like that. You right. Know? With the black eye. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it's always kind of like that dark. Um. So it was really nice to see her being portrayed as a good actress. Which yeah. no one ever gives a shit about. I also hear there's a really funny uh, Bruce Lee moment in the movie. See, okay. It's kind of disrespectful. It's not, it? though. No, you don't think so? I didn't think so. I like, I watched it and I was like, because I, I was anticipating, because it was a Tarantino film and because he fucks with history so much, I anticipated it to be like this brutal, like... Ridiculous, like, like kung fu he, He's going to get like his face broken in type yeah. of shit. And um, I'm not saying that it's... <clears throat> It may be considered somewhat disrespectful because it's like, well, his, his like, uh, 
relatives did not like it. Right. They were upset. Yeah. Um, and I can understand that because it doesn't portray him in the best light. It mm-hmm. portrays him kind of as a being kind of like a, kind of a dick and kind of a haughty dick. and yeah. yeah um, himself. A little too, uh, cocksure. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, nothing really happens in it that you'd be nothing, in it, nothing in it is like grossly, you know, offensive. Right. It's just basically portraying him as being, you know, a bit more cocky mm-hmm. than he may have actually been, you yeah. know? And it's, it's definitely somewhat of a caricature, but at the same time, it's not completely out of the world of possibility. Brother, you're the one with the big mouth and I would really enjoy closing it, especially in front of all my friends. But my hands are registered as lethal weapons. That means we get into a fight, I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. And I think all that lethal weapon horse shit is just an excuse so you dancers never have to get in a real fight. Okay. How about a friendly contest? No punching in the face. Two out of three. Who puts who on the ground first? Nobody tries to hurt nobody. Just who ends up on their butt? That's a great idea, Cato. Well, Brad Pitt kicks his ass. Well, it's kind of it was kind of like back and forth, and no one well, ever no, but really he lets won. Him, he lets him yeah. attack him. Yeah, he just kind of stands there and he's like, "Give me, give me what you got," and then he knocks him down. Right. He's like, "Nice move, Cato." And then he grabs him and throws him into a car. And- right. <laughs> yeah. You know, but which, which I mean, like obviously though, this the scene serves the purpose of oh, this guy is not just a Hollywood stuntman. He can beat. The he shit can legitimately you. kill yeah. and beat people up. Yeah. Which. Most comes, men comes can. into play at the end of the yeah. film when he kills a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, most <laughs> I, I say this all the time. I'll say this all. I'll say this all the time. Stuntmen on movies are the most badass and coolest they're, people. Yeah, no, no, on they're, set. they're not, not just on set in general. Oh, yeah, like, these yeah. fucking people, they're fucking awesome. Yeah, they're Tarantino loves stunt people. Yeah, yeah, they're the that, best. That woman who plays like the stunt coordinator is an actual stunt woman who is in. Uh, she's been in a bunch of his films. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. One, she was one of the main characters in Death Proof. I think. Yeah, the Australian woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, I, I met a couple. I got to hang out with a couple of stunt people on a film I worked on and they were the coolest fucking people. Are yeah. these the guys you went axe throwing with? Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and they, they are the fucking most awesome people ever. Yeah. Um, and one more thing about the Bruce yeah. Lee scene is after I watched it, I immediately wanted to go watch Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. Because yeah. like, oh, I haven't seen a Bruce Lee film in a while. Yeah. I, actually, after that, I watched um, Game, not Game of Death, uh, Chinese Connection. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Same. Yeah. There you go. Brings um, it back. But it, to wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was like, it was, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great depiction, but it wasn't like, I didn't understand why everyone got so upset about it. Right. You know? I mean, I guess it's it like, subverts it a little bit because you, the depiction of Bruce Lee is always basically like this wise philosopher who's like perfect in every way. Yeah. I'm sure he was a prick sometimes. Come on. He Everyone wasn't in Hollywood was a prick. It's also, yeah. it's also kind of ridiculous to like be upset about a movie that Tarantino's making that's, you know, revisionist history. Right. So like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it again. I don't know what the fucking big deal is. It's I like it he's he's a character in a movie. Yeah, you know what's gr- the problem? Growing up with Bruce Lee movies and and Bruce Lee movies in the households and stuff since yeah. I was like, yay big. Yeah, probably semen. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it it wasn't that bad, dude. Yeah, yeah it wasn't that bad. Um, and the guy who played Bruce Lee actually looked like Bruce Lee. He did quite he a bit. Really? Like That's yeah. awesome. Not nearly as ripped as Bruce Lee. No, no. not near as ripped. But, but I mean, who is? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he eats carbs. You know that? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the um. The scene when uh, Brad Pitt shows up at the, at the Manson. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah, when, you when he shows up at the at the old movie ranch yeah. where the Manson family is living. Yeah, and like um, uh, the the whole like 
Western style of him walking through, (laughs) you know, the keys and shit. And one thing I loved about that was like, so, uh, it cuts back and forth between that and DiCaprio on the side of his TV Western. Yeah. And I, and I love that because it's like, you have the stunt man who is actually like involved in physical altercations, who's actually living this story of like going to (laughs) like an old Western ranch and is, and is literally about to fight a guy. Yeah. And then you have DiCaprio, the actor who's just like pretending to be a cowboy who's about to fight people. I love that juxtaposition of the two. That was really great. That was very clever. It's hard to believe all that actually happened. Like they took over some old guys like movie ranch and wild the sixties, man. Sixties. Yeah. It was a a weird time. It was literally the wild west. (laughs) I I, I love the, uh, uh, Chekhov's gun of the flame, the Chekhov's flamethrower. Oh yes. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. I I practiced with that dragon, uh, three hours a day for two weeks. Not not just because I wanted to look good in the picture, but because I was I was shit scared of the damn thing. To be yeah. honest, my fucking Lewis, Kristen and Nazi there. Shit. All right, that's too hot. Anything we can do about that heat? Rick, it's a flamethrower. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, but no, but like Tarantino can just make a movie, man. Like he's like he can make the fuck out of a movie. He can make huh? the fuck out of a movie. It's his, just, his man. Over the years, like his writing has gotten so sharp and so good. It's yeah. just an, unbelievable. Not just like the, the actual dialogue, but mm-hmm. the way he like paces out the scenes like in Glorious Bastards or Hateful Eight, like it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he could be in another in another time, I think he would be like one of the best playwrights. Oh yeah. He's just amazing. Yeah. The whole the, the whole day, um the pacing of the sequence uh from when they arrive when they at the end of the film when they land back in LA mm-hmm. and uh they get back to the house and and Brad Pitt decides to take the walk and smoke the acid Leading up cigarette. to the whole like, confrontation with the yeah. Masons, yeah. That whole, everything from that landing forward, because you kind of understand that it's going to be the night of Sharon Tate's murder, mm-hmm. um, is probably the most tense sequence in a movie I've seen in a long time. It's one of the few times I, I was genuinely afraid for the main characters because I didn't know how this was going to pan out. Right. <laughs> you know, especially with Tarantino. When the car shows up and then Leonardo sh- uh, walks out. He's like, "Get the fuck off my lawn, you damn hippies!" Because like, the- oh my god, yeah, you know that might be my favorite scene in the film. It's like late at night. He's in. He's got like a silk kimono on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making a huge picture of a frozen margarita just for himself. <laughs> and he hears like this like ratty car outside. And he's like, "Mother, this is a fucking private road, you goddamn!" He's like running out there with the picture. And he's like. In between screaming at them, he like sips some like frozen milk yeah. from the pitcher. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here, you fucking hippies!" Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, that's a, that's probably the funniest. Oh thing my I've god! Yeah. But it's also incredibly tense because you're like, they could they could shoot him. They could right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. whole thing is like you don't know where Tarantino's going to go with it. You don't know if it's going to be the murder of like the, like a, a less important murder. Yeah. Uh, right, or right. or if it's going to be you know they win or you don't know where it's going. Yeah. And um, so I. I I really love that part. I do. <laughs> I, and I love, uh, in the beginning of the film, he takes us through when Brad Pitt goes back to his house and he lives with like this dog. Mm-hmm. He takes us through like his ritual of like eating dinner with his dog every night. Yeah. And how he like opens up the dog can and like the meat comes out. And it's kind of like this whole thing. It's like a, a cute little scene when you see it, but then you realize at the end of the film that like every, every beat of that factors into when he's feeding his dog and the Manson family busts into the home. Oh God. And you realize mm-hmm. now that like this whole setup with the dog and like the ritual of how he eats dinner is like how he, he, uh, it, it like initiates the whole fight sequence. Right. He, like six, yeah. his dog in the Manson family. And then he like hurls the dog food can at the girl's face. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. It's pretty, that, that there are just so many, it's yeah. like Tarantino <laughs> just like thinks about his films so well. Yeah. He's, and there's yeah. like no, even like a weird moment of like dog food 
still like plays into like the plot of the film and you're like, I'm not just watching this just cause yeah, yeah. there's yeah. like everything, so much thought and everything has purpose to it. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Um, yeah. it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like one of his best movies ever. I'm very embarrassed. You should be. I'm very embarrassed. You should be very upset right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds like one of his best movies ever too. No, it is. It um, is. Um, yeah. Like, and when it's funny cause when the, when, the moments of violence in the film, because you know Tarantino is really well known for violence. Yeah, the moments of violence in the film are so just perfect. Yeah, you know, because they they just perfectly accentuate whatever is happening in that moment. You know, yeah. and like which sounds kind of dumb. I say it out loud. I'm also still sick, guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, like he he initially gets into the first fight scene at the ranch, mm-hmm. and then you know it's cool because they introduce the character. They introduce the character that's going to be um. The text guy? The text guy. Yeah. They introduce text and it's a really cool way because they like, he gets into fight with some other guy. They go get text and they introduce text and this fucking wonderful shot of him like riding this horse. Yeah. Like back through the ranch. And it's like really, it's an epic Western shot of yeah. like who would be the hero. Yeah. Kind of like coming towards like, you know, the villain. Like the whistles and stuff. And Yeah. It's fucking great. And then like, <laughs> you know, uh, and so from that, he has very little dialogue in that, in that up until that point. But when you see him again, like an hour and a half later, an hour mm-hmm. and change later, you know who he is. And right. it's just, it's a really, he's just so good at like being able to like create a character. You understand the character, you understand his dynamic within that group. Right. And, you know, cause he's essentially the enforcer and everyone knows that. And that's, it's all established in like fucking a minute. Right. You know? Yeah. So then when you see him again later on, you know who he is, you know, he's in charge of, yeah. That, you know? Um, so when he gets to the, the finale of the film, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to, um, Landon Dunham. This is the best work she's ever done. What? Huh? Who? Landon Dunham. She's Landon Dunham. She's she, in the movie? She plays one of the Manson women. I had no idea. Yeah. When he shows wow. up, when she, sh- when he shows up to the ranch, she's kind of like one of the head, like women who's outside. Oh uh, yeah. Right. It's cool. the best work she's ever done. Holy yeah. shit. I had no idea. And she's in the movie for like 40 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing she's ever done. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Wonderful film. I loved it. Yeah. I adored it. I've yeah. seen it three or four times already. I've only seen it the one time. Um, and I have to watch it again. It's a yeah. movie that just like you could, you could just watch it on repeat forever. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Al Pacino's great in that too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. He yeah. has a wonderful little sequence. So Al Pacino plays this agent who's trying to convince DiCaprio's character to get into spaghetti Westerns. Uh-huh. So they meet at a, they meet at a bar or they meet at Musa and Frank's. Yeah. Which is like a famous place in LA. I remember mm-hmm. stupid LA, <laughs> but, uh, they meet at like, Oh, this legendary place, blah, blah, blah. Musa and yeah. Frank's. And, uh, <laughs> he, he describes like prior to the meeting, he watches a whole bunch of stuff that, uh, DiCaprio was in. Yeah. He watches like a bunch of his TV shows and films. Mm-hmm. And he describes like, he's like the wife and I settled down I poured some bourbon and it shows like a shot of like the bourbon. He's like, mm-hmm. I had one of my favorite cigars. And then you see him just like happy as a clam, like yeah. a little cigar. and then you see him like firing up the projector and just like leaning back and like, we had a wonderful pic. We saw all your pictures. It was the best night. That sequence is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Actually, this reminds me of something else too. You know, the scene where they're all watching, um, DiCaprio's, uh, episode uh, FBI. Yeah. The two of them. And they're like doing the mystery science theater, like narrating the episode. Yeah. yeah. It's playing in real time. Yeah. Really? It yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I don't know why I'm saying really. Like they, that, they, I, I saw like a, a side by side comparison of the mm-hmm. actual because the actual episode has it's uh, a real episode where they put DiCaprio in it. No, it is. Right. And guess who plays the actual character in the episode? Don't know. Burt Reynolds. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because <clears throat> isn't that the whole inspiration is Burt Reynolds and his friendship with his uh, stunt guy? Yeah. I think that's the inspiration for the, oh, whole, shit. the whole like story. Yeah. So I saw online that someone had put the two scenes together. They were in the mm-hmm. once upon a time and the actual one. It plays in real time. That's it's great. Like, it's, it played in real time. And I was like, wow, this is fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> only Tarantino's going to sit there and you actually definitely play. feel that when you're, yeah. watching, yeah. when you're watching the film. Yeah. You feel like the pace suddenly change. And yeah. you're like, oh, this feels like we're actually watching the TV show with yeah. these guys. Yeah. yeah. That's another great yeah. scene. There's a million great scenes in this because yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> also, when the, when the little girl says that was the best fucking acting I've ever oh, seen. Oh, everything it's with just, the little girl. Uh, it's fucking great. <laughs> also, his whole performance where he's doing, uh, he plays like a Western villain and he's like, get yeah. that fiddle picking. He has like the, the most amazing like Western dialogue. <laughs> it's just incredible. Uh, God, it's a good movie. I gotta watch it again. And Bronco Bustin Beaner. He ad libs the line Bronco Bustin Beaner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's a good movie. racist, but I mean, <laughs> it was the 60s. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, can't say that today. I mean, you can just, you, you gotta do it in a, in a piece where you get away with it. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. That just happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next gotta, movie. We got to go around the horn. Yeah. 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 We're at 40 minutes now. Holy yeah. shit. So, so this is going to yeah. be a long one. Yeah. It's been 20 minutes each so far. Fuck. Uh, I was going to go uh, one of my favorite films, The Lighthouse. Why just spill your beans, Tommy? Like a dog, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the changing accents of uh, the interchangeable accents. Yeah, of uh, you don't like my lobster. That's not how he did oh, it. That's the best one. Yeah, the lobster yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, you're fond of me lobster, ain't you? <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> I seen it. You fond of me lobster. <laughs> no, that was one of my favorite films. I got to see it with uh, you two guys for my birthday. Actually, yeah. I went on Halloween. Wanted to go check it out. Um, I was surprised how much you like this movie. Yeah, me, me too. I, I, when we were watching yeah. it, I thought this is the kind of like artsy film that Jim's going to hate. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so See, I was surprised you liked it so much. Yeah, no, I, the thing, my thing with art films are that, you know, it either needs to be really fucking whacked out yeah. or really good. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know. It's a combination of two. Yeah, because I mean, like, I have no problem with art films if they're done really well and they're like super, like this movie's fucking whacked out. It's yeah. Like, it's insane. It's insane. It's ridiculous, yeah. Um. You know, it has this problem still. We talked about it right yeah. after, um, you know, certain things. But uh, overall, I thought it was it was fucking gripping. It was yeah, it was just weird as shit. You're, you know? Yeah, you're engaged the entire time. Yeah, you're like you're just you know? in there with these two fucking maniacs. Yeah, and just kind of putting them. In, just, the idea of putting two character. Oh damn! Oh, that was hot. That was hot. Super hot. But the idea of putting two characters, um, you know. On a little island in a lighthouse, and then the mystery of what the lighthouse actually yeah. is and what it means. And it was just it was. It was fucking weird, man. Yeah. It was, it was weird, and I, I really dug it. Um, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. That's all you got to say about no, it. I got a lot to say about it, but it's, I, I'm still collecting my thoughts, because yeah. I was still wrapped up into... <laughs> What's about fun? <laughs> it's, yeah, we could easily talk about yeah. Hollywood for like four hours. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about it longer if someone had seen it. Yeah, yeah sorry. Done, done their research for the episode. Yeah, yeah you know. Fine. Well, that's yeah. what I do. I don't um, do anything. You saw The Witch? I did see The Witch, yes. And you weren't like a huge fan of The Witch? Um, 
Because the, the two films feel kind of like companion pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched The Witch and I, I watched it twice. And the first time I watched it was kind of, I wasn't really paying attention. And the second time I watched it, I didn't, I got distracted with other like life stuff. Mm. Um, Alina was yelling at him. That's what he does <laughs> my left side. Yeah, it has, has something to do with, it. It to do with like babies. Or I don't know. But, Why are the dishes done, Jen? Yeah, something like that. And, um, I think probably actually, uh, but no, I, I, you know, it was the witch. I don't know. I just never really, I never really got into it. Yeah. It was, it's, it, there's two yeah. schools of thought with the witch. It's like, you're yeah. either super into it yeah. or you just don't want to watch it. Right. Yeah. Cause I went, it kind of goes back to the whole thing with like uh, hereditary and uh, midsummer. Like, yeah. I like midsummer a lot more than hereditary. Right. Um, I like lighthouse much more than the witch. Yeah. So it's kind of weird in that way. Um, and really what the, with the lighthouse is, kind of like our last episode, it just, it's really about the performances of Robert yeah. Pattinson and, and um, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. you know, and to watch them, especially Robert Pattinson lose his fucking mind. Yeah. It's uh, great. Uh, you know, and even from the beginning where he like, f- he gets the uh, little figure of the mermaid and then that kind of just sends him down like this kind of yeah. hole of like losing his shit and wanting yeah. to fuck mermaids. Yeah. Wanting to yeah. fuck mermaids. Yeah. Fuck Always mermaids. masturbating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that film. Yeah. Um, I have some complaints over it. Like I have a thing where I, there's like a lack of consistency in terms of like, um, shot composition, shot composition. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of things in there where I'm like, this is totally digital and it's not like an analog yeah. situation. And I thought when we were going in there, I was like, Oh, he, you know, everything is just going to be old. Yeah. You know, I didn't think there was going to be any te- technology from today that was in that movie. That was a um, complaint. That was my biggest yeah. thing. There's, yeah. there's a CGI scene. Yeah, in it. Oh, the uh, the octopus squid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It should have just been a guy in a suit. It should have just been a guy in a fucking Edward style. Yeah, yeah, just do yeah. it. Just go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we're so in there. We're like ninety percent in there. It's just so it's ridiculous. Four by three. It's just, black and white. Just do it. Just yeah. get a fucking puppet. You know, like do it. I think. I think at one point you said they should have ADR'd the whole film, like they did. Back they should have. Yeah. I still till this day I still feel yeah. that. Yeah, I thought that would have been much, but no, it's the whole nine, dude. Yeah. The whole thing. All right. Um, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, you wanted it to go balls to the wall. Yeah, yeah. I want it. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's still great. <laughs> it's still like a lot of fun. You could yeah. tell he definitely has an affinity for like very old, yeah. even, like silent era films. He was yeah. supposed to do a, he may still do it. He was going to do a remake of Nosferatu. That would be great. Which would be great. Yeah. He's perfect for that. And then he was going to do some kind of medieval film. And now he's, what, what's his new project? I, I, I sent you a link. No it doesn't idea. matter. It's yep. going to be good. Some yeah. kind of fantasy thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. You should totally do Nosferatu. He's one of the best. Uh, it's like, I feel like nowadays there's not like a crop of young directors to get super excited by. Like, obviously yeah. there are, there are like young directors who are very good. Yeah. yeah. I think we're starting to get like. But him Him and Ari Aster kind of feel like their own little tag team of like directors yeah. who are up and coming and making all these like really interesting projects. Yeah. yeah. We're not, I think we're now in that kind of space where a lot of the, the past 20 years of directors are, are getting into that older range. Yeah. And now there's like, this like the almost newer, like a re yeah. Yeah. Like I don't 90s, want to call it a Renaissance, but like resurgence. Maybe, yeah. Maybe like, I don't know. Yeah. There's these people that are coming out and just getting really fucking weird yeah. and doing whatever they want. And that's cool. And yeah. you know, it's Ari Aster. I think Ari Aster and Robert Eggers are like, the guys. Yeah. You know? I, I agree with you guys. And like I said, I didn't like either of their first outings. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I hated them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just, you're not a big horror person either. No. And those are both pretty straightforward horror films. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, after watching, after our horror episode last year, 
um i got back into like well, went back and started watching horror movies again um because i was like you know i shouldn't not like any type of movie yeah <laughs> i should really just try to find enjoyment in all kinds of movies instead yeah. of the um <laughs> So this is what we do. <laughs> yeah, this is what we do. So I was like, so I went back and I actually watched Hereditary again, and then you know I I went, I went into Midsummer a lot more open than I think I would have been a year prior. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, you're spicy. Oh yeah, year prior. Ooh, <laughs> you're spicy hot. Sorry, sorry. I gotta get a popper for that. <laughs> you do. You like you like The Witch, right, John? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was good too. Yeah. I like Black Phillip. <laughs> he's he's great. I like I like I love um Robert Eggers whole visual style. Yeah. He's yeah. he's very uh he's I just very want specific. him to keep making movies for like 50 years. He's going to make a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think if people if uh if he sticks with the the studio like A24 or a production company like A24 like he could he's going to make some amazing things. But yeah. a guy like him with his talent, I I can imagine a studio getting their hands on him. And they give him Probably. a big old budget. That's not going yeah. to work. That's it won't work. He's like a David Fincher kind of person. That like theoretically, he's got like this very strong visual style, and yeah. like he loves like you know fairy tales and folk tales yeah. and stuff. So yeah. he could, in like theory, or like he could make a huge, big budget film. But if yeah. he tries, it's it's. Like, hey, look, man. Yeah. Even David Fincher made Dune. It's true. Hey, so, what's that? David Fincher made Dune. Dune. The Dune. movie Dune. Dune. If Fucking... David Fincher made Dune, no, he did make Dune. What do you mean? He made the movie Dune. He made the movie Dune. No, he didn't. He did. David Fincher? No, he didn't. Wait, hold on. I might be wrong with that. I'm sorry. I'll look it up. I'm thinking, you I you might guys are crazy. I know he didn't make Dune. You can Google whatever you want. Uh, Who made it? He didn't make Dune. Who made Dune? Wasn't it David Lynch? Oh, it was David Lynch. Yeah. Sorry. Close enough. Wrong David. <laughs> For love of God. For love of God. He made Alien 3. That's what that was. Oh, that was like a small right, yeah. right, 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 like right, studio right, project. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I always feel like a director has to look, David Lynch. Sorry. I always sorry. feel like a director has to go through that. Like they do a studio movie and then they're like, fuck. And then yeah. they go back to like what they really like doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think both, be, both, um, even alien three was kind of weird though. Yeah. It's not that great though. No. Well, he hated the experience. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> every, so pretty much every director like that makes one big budget sci-fi movie. And they yeah. Just like, no, I don't like them. But I think like Ari Aster and David Eggers have to occupy that like middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Where they make, I don't know, 10 million or 20 million, however much their films cost. Yeah. yeah. But if they go big budget, I, I'm calling it now. It's not going to work. It's going to be a disaster. You think so? Yeah. I mean, Lighthouse I is a weird movie, man. It's I mean, a super it's fucking just, weird it's movie. A, it's a weird movie. It's definitely like The Witch is weird. And that movie fucking topped it. Yeah. By mil- like, and I didn't <laughs> think, I didn't think you could do that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying about indie films. Like I like when they go full fucking weird. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be weird, don't ride this middle ground of like yeah. trying to be commercial and trying to be artistic. It's right. like, you got to go one or the other and yeah. hopefully you get the audience. Yeah. And know? hopefully people like are into yeah. your, your shit. If you go down the middle, it's just going to be a muddled piece of shit. And right. You're going to be really annoyed watching it, you know, yeah. cause it's basically ideas that are like, uh, presented, but not fulfilled. And it's, right. that's the worst. And that's why they're great, those two guys. Yeah. Because they're very, like, committed to what they want. Yeah. You know, like, watching Midsummer was uh, fucking awesome. The yeah. transition into yeah. Midsummer. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite. That's Is my that... second favorite, yeah. actually. Ooh, Midsummer. Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity, and I decided Look, to I do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. 
That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Uh, we had a whole yeah. episode about this. We know. did. I mean, what else can we really say? What other kind of thoughts? We also have an Eggers. We have to do that. Egger, what's, what the, what's yeah, Ari Aster, Aster. Robert, yeah. Robert Eggers episode. We gotta do that episode, yeah. too. Um, I mean, honestly, what can we really say about Midsummer that we haven't said? Like, well, the cinematography actually, is beautiful. The fucking when you guys did the Midsummer episode, I hadn't seen it yet. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you guys said everything already, anyway. So yeah, yeah, I did. Anyone see the? I didn't see the director's cut, and I'm really sad I didn't. I had no yeah. idea there was um, that. Uh, yeah. Only because he, uh, Ari Aster said he a lot of the stuff that they shot were just weird traditions. Mm-hmm. About the group, and I was, I'm like, oh man, I want to see what else, what other fucking weird shit they did, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it was just so much of it that we had to take it out. It was just kind of redundant at that point. But, um, yeah, man, that movie's fucked. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Great, it, man. Like the, uh, the cinematography is like insane. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, you feel like warm because <laughs> it's like it's sunlight all the time. Um, I. Someone, I was talking to someone about this movie the other day and they were like, it's unintentionally funny. And I got really upset because mm-hmm. it, it feels like it's unintentionally funny because yeah. it's just so absurd. And it's not, it's everything is planned. Well, there are moments that are comedic moments for sure. No, no, yeah. it's a funny movie, but yeah. I feel like, I feel like those moments are definitely Who planned. Said it was unintentionally funny? Don't worry about it. Someone was like, this is unintentionally funny. And I got really mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how dare you? I do like the, the flip on a horror, uh, horror movie. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Uh, the flip of a horror movie standard where it's like movie starts off dark and then goes light. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Just yeah, the yeah. whole idea of like a, yeah. a horror film that's bright. Just yeah. right. I yeah. Too many. yeah. I remember watching that trailer and being like, really? This is the way you're going? Yeah. Because the sun was everywhere and it was like, it was just super bright yeah. and like colorful. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, this is kind of fucking. And then, and then sure enough, I was right. It was fucking weird. It's fucking weird. But like, I was like, this is not a horror movie. This is a weird direction for him to take. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember there was like some interview where uh, it may have been the podcast they did together, where they talked a lot about is it, are these actually horror films? Like, is Lighthouse yeah. and Midsummer horror films? They kind of are, and yeah. they kind of aren't. Yeah, he, that's, yeah. What, that's what makes them I good, think, though. I think he called it like a like a folk tale or fairy tale movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He was like, I don't. I, he's like, it's hard for me to call it a horror film, right? Uh, yeah. I think it's a fucking horror film. I mean, you're trapped in a cult, and um, it's a cult movie. Isn't it? It's a cult movie, and there's Lighthouse is a horror film though. I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't call. Or, I wouldn't call Lighthouse. I would call yeah. that a folktale movie. Yeah. Um, Midsummer is one hundred percent a horror film. Definitely. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Like you're driven into a place, they trap you. Yeah. And they're sociopaths. They convince you to mm-hmm. they manipulate your emotions, and then mm-hmm. they basically kill you for their weird traditions. Um, yeah. That's a horror film. Yeah. In the most much. traditional yeah. sense of the way, like when you strip it plus, all down. Plus the whole film, she's like dealing with the literal horror of her. Uh, sister and parents dying yeah so yeah was, i love that shot she's trying way. to escape she's trying to find what? peace in her trauma and uh the shot when they reveal the, the sister with the fucking tape yeah that's holy scary. shit that's, that's scary that was that's fucking, the scariest part of the film it is yeah. it's most it felt really I, it's scary. real for me the scariest part was the the indian guy in the um, in the the room 
What? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> what? No, no. What would I say? Indian wrong? guy in the room. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. When there's a there's a scene where like uh her uh boyfriend walks into like a oh, right. like a cabin or something uh-huh. and he's hung up and he's like gutted oh, and he's yeah, still yeah. very much alive. Yeah. And yeah. he's been alive for like we- like what feels like weeks. Yeah. Because he smells and there's flies everywhere. He's it's rotting. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. very much like looking around like what the fuck is going on? That's pretty dark. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. yeah. It's good um, movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. And the second time, the second watch was so much better because you understand everything more. Mm. Um, I did love like, um, I still think it's wild that the the first shot of the film is this like, it's like a tapestry or a painting or something. Yeah. And it shows you the entire plot of the, yeah, <laughs> the no, film. It's, yeah, it's, great. To watch. it's yeah. so great. Yeah. Like when you, when you, the first time you see it, you're kind of like, oh, this is like a cool backdrop for the title sequence. Yeah. And then yeah. you watch it again and you're like, this is the entire movie. This is the fucking, yeah. yeah. The dolly shot where they just move on to the next like yeah. little piece of cloth. Well, I'm talking about the, the the very first shot of the movie. Oh, there's also that though. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the very first shot of the film. Great. There's like it's like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's the entire plot of the film. Yes. It's got like the bear. It's got the rituals. It's got everything. So I, I kind of caught that the first time I watched it. I was yeah. like, well, the one time I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's the that's the, that's the movie. That's yeah. the movie that's right the there. there. Yeah. Okay, cool. The fucking bear. <laughs> the bear. Forgot about the bear. Yeah. Someone said I look like the guy, and I got real upset. No, you, you, you don't. don't look I know like, I don't. You I don't look like the guy. You don't look like Lowrent. Chris Pratt. Right. Role. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. But like someone said that and I was like, I got really offended. And I was like, number one, no bear suits. No bear suits, baby. You know, I thought you got me a bear suit for my kid. Oh, that felt hilarious. <laughs> baby. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get the bear suit. Reenact that fucking scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the reason why I liked um, Midsummer and uh, Lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, they both actually make you feel something. Yeah. Which a lot of films I don't feel like they, they're really well made. Mm-hmm. Like when I was watching um, Irishman, I didn't, I was into you didn't the, feel anything. I didn't feel anything. I was like, this is really interesting story. Oh, it and moved I'm, me. I was uh, just like, shit. Yeah. Wait, which one? The Irishman. Oh, the Irishman. oh yeah, yeah. I didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, this is really interesting history. Cool. Yeah. But for whatever reasons, Midsummer and uh, Lighthouse, I'm like, oh, I feel something. And yeah. This, maybe I'm just dead inside. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was like, this, this you know, there was definitely an emotional kind of like connection to it and yeah. feeling, you know? Um, Anyway, that's that's. My I do, yeah. It, no, that movie is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's really all. Like, like, it's the editing is fucking great. Yeah. Um, everything. It's like I, I'm trying to. I don't want to praise it too much, but like I only have good things to say about it. Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I'm trying to find like a negative thing in it, and I can't. I don't have anything to say yeah. about it really. Because yeah. usually I like talks about things from like both sides of it, like yeah. pros and the cons, but like this movie, I'm like, this is perfect. It's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's up there. Yeah. You should yeah. definitely whoever hasn't watched it, like one hundred percent watch it. All the films yeah. on this list. The the yeah. most the the so that A twenty four um podcast where they're talking about it, mm-hmm. um, Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, they're like there's kids who are watching this movie. First of all, the most amazing part of this movie is that it got an opportunity for a theatrical release, like in a big, in a big kind of way, because mm-hmm. it's very artsy. And Robert Eggers is kind of like, well, what's interesting is that there's kids who are going to watch this movie. And for them, and I, I, I agree with this and you guys probably don't. Um, it's going to be like, they're shining. It's going to be like this movie that they watch and it's going to influence them oh, for a very long time. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Like, did he say these... that about his own movie? No, no. Ari Aster didn't say it. Robert did. Ah, uh, okay. That he's he's oh, like, he's okay. like, kids are going to be gonna say like, that's a, no, you that's, can't say that that's about your ridiculous. Movie. He didn't say that, but Robert Eggers is like, that's the kind of movie. Like there's kids going into this, watching this art horror film 
right. and it's going to change the way they think about movies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. or influence them. And I'm like, that's, he's right. Like, I agree with that. Yeah. He's totally right. Yeah. I guess what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think that, uh, I know he wasn't saying this, but I don't think it's as good as the shining, but I get what he's saying. It's like, it, it's like the shining of this generation in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, it's definitely not like the shining, but it's, it's a movie that's like, it moves you so much and it's, it's a horror film, but at the same time it has other elements in there right? right and it's yeah. so fucking well executed. Yeah. Um, anyway, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Anybody here see Little Women? Nope. Nope. Just me? Nope. Nope. This will be I know short. The guys, I know the guys who worked on it though. This will be short. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they were they're across the hall from me. Oh, and nice. the editor's across the hall from me. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice guy. Uh, I love Little Women. Well, I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living or to support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband the moment we got married. And if we had children, they would be his, not mine. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. May not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. If you go back and listen to our podcast from last year, I shout out Little Women as a film that I'm looking forward to. I'm going to talk about Little Women while you guys are... Texting or whatever yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Uh, I love all right, the one thing I'll say about Little Women uh, is <laughs> neither of you guys are paying attention at all. We're just, I'll, I'll say my piece about Little Women because this yeah. episode has gone long. Yeah, it's already uh, the best thing. Hour. The best thing about Little Women is um, the book and and pretty much every previous adaptation tell the story chronologically, which mm-hmm. has always been kind of a problem because the first half of the story is very like rosy and nostalgic, and they're like. They're, they're teens and they have these dreams and they're going to have these great lives. And then the second half is like, everything comes crashing down. Like none mm. of their dreams are fulfilled. Their romances don't work out. It's basically like the story of like getting older and realizing yeah. that when you're 12, you don't know shit. Yeah. Right. Um, being people. Yeah. What, what Greta Gerwig did that I think was so great is she's, she's the first person to cut back and forth between these two timelines. Mm. So rather than do it chronologically, we see like when they're girls, then we see when they're older and she's cut back and forth between the two timelines. And she does it in such a way that at times is incredibly clever and like greatly enhances the emotion of the scene. Right. Mm. Uh, like one example, th- this is a spoiler, but like this book has been out forever. So whatever. Uh, there, there's basically like when they're younger, she has a sister. I think it's Mo or whatever. I don't know what her name is. She has a younger sister who gets sick. She has like a bad fever mm. and they think that maybe she's going to die. So she's like tending to her sister and she sleeps with her in the bed she wakes up. Her sister's not there. She's like, Oh my God, she panics. Mm. She runs down the stairs. Her sister's fine. She's like, Oh, she survived. Then it cuts to, uh, like later on in their lives, 10 years later, her sister is sick again. Same thing. She like wakes up. Her sister's gone. She runs down the stairs, but this time the reveal is like, her sister's not there. Her sister dies. Right. It's a, there's like a lot of stuff like that, that in previous adaptations, no one has ever cut back and forth between mm. the timelines like that. Yeah. And it's just like incredibly clever. Right. Yeah. It captures it's just like, you. It's like yeah. not only is she finding like parallels in the story, but the way the scenes are shot are like identical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except that one is, is like the two timelines. The the older one is like warmer. Like the cinematography is warmer because it's nostalgic and it's the old days. Mm-hmm. And then everything in the later timeline is like, it's kind of cold and blue. Mm-hmm. But like, so other than, but other than the cinematography, it's like the, the blocking of the actors is the same. The camera movements are the same. There's a lot of stuff like that. It's very clever. That's like what makes the film so great is that yeah. it's like, her adaptation of the story is fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. That's it. 
That's what nice. I gotta say about it. Well, I gotta watch that because yeah, that sounds fucking fantastic. And, uh, Florence Florence Pugh from uh, Florence is great. Yeah, she she's. I'm saying now. Yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it again. She's the next game Winslet. She yeah. is. She's okay. a wonderful I agree actor. She's incredible in this. She's incredible in Midsummer. I agree with you one hundred percent. She's like captivating. She's just like in every scene. She's funny. She's yeah. like just incredible. Awesome. That's it. That's what I gotta say about Jim. Little Women. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna watch it. I'm and also, I've been it. I've been yelling about Greta Gerwig for like 15 years, and I feel very really redeemed by this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's excellent. Yeah. I've been going on about how good she's Greta excellent. Greta Gerwig is. Anyway, so I was right. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. Everyone was wrong. Let's uh, right. let's go around the horn and do our honorable mention. Right, no, he's got, he's I got, got one more. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's no, right. Do one. All right. Jojo Rabbit. Hi. You know what I am? Say a Jew. Gesundheit. Sheesh. That was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it. I have negotiated. Go down the house and blame Winston Churchill. Or negotiate. If I tell on you, you'll be in big trouble. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. Yeah, did you guys see Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you both did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so I, I rewatched it last night, and um, I fucking love that movie. And I, yeah. What's interesting about it is at some point it does feel like a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Which I found to be interesting. Yes. Very much like, it's kind of like Moonrise Kingdom with Nazis is how I describe yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't like Moonrise Kingdom that much either. So. Like that? I never, no. I never put that together. So you saying that, I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's Moonrise <laughs> Kingdom, yeah. World War Two. Yeah, that's what it does. Um, I, I think the stakes of World War Two is what makes it work. Yeah, in Moonrise Kingdom, I didn't like Moonrise Kingdom because I felt that it was completely just kind of. I thought it weightless. was like for me, it was what uh, it's the much, much, much better version of what Patton's Labyrinth should have been. Yes. Because like you're, you're put in a war situation yeah. and it's like this fantasy that comes out of it. Uh-huh. Mm. So that that was what it was for me. And I'm like, Tyke yeah. is just so much better at, oh, God. at yeah. telling the story. Yeah. His Hitler was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, He's also one of those guys that I find like in that level of like new directors, quote unquote, yeah. that are coming out of the woodwork. They're just fucking dynamite. Yeah. I mean, the tone of the film is what really caught me where it's like the beginning of it it's it strikes you by being so lighthearted, but being about Nazis. Yeah. Um. And then it just gradually, it, it gradually succumbs to being about Nazis. You know. Yeah. And but the entire time, at no point does it pretend that the situation isn't severe. Mm-hmm. And there's always like even when you meet Sam Rockwell for the first time, it's like his his in his opening bit, he's like, oh yeah, you know, we're on our we're on the back foot, but you know everything's fine. and even like his whole uh dynamic of like making his ridiculous outfit is specifically to be killed on the battlefield because he wants to be killed on the battlefield and his like pseudo gay relationship with his with uh the dude from game of thrones um yeah yeah um which i just thought was fucking hilarious um but i I just going back to movies that make you feel something it's like the way they set up um scarlett johansson as being like the best mother on the planet Mm-hmm. you know or the most entertaining mother on the planet to only and to never sh- spoilers by the way but to never show what happens to her she just disappears and then you just see the shoes hanging oh, yeah that was terrible yeah it was fucking awful yeah you just kind of like oh, fuck. actually i had start i had started watching the movie initially with with alina yeah and then halfway through i was like you should probably i'm gonna turn this off because <laughs> i because I, I like I, yeah. I had heard what happened i didn't i heard that she died i didn't know how yeah and um i didn't realize 
like the because I hadn't seen the movie yet, and uh, she was so awesome. I'm like, oh, she's gonna die. Oh fuck. Yeah, you can't watch this. <laughs> just, <laughs> we gotta stop just right here. It off. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's just the editing. Of the, the editing of um, the pretty much the sequence where JoJo is finally seeing war for the first time. And like uh, it's, it reminded me of like kind of like every war movie, you know, like uh, Saving Private Ryan and yeah. all the other stuff. Um, especially when they showed his fat friend just covering his ears, it really it really reminded me of Matt Damon <laughs> at the end of Saving Private Ryan. But um, I don't know. I just it, the way they wrap it up, where he's walking around, gets yanked by the uh, Russian commander or Russian guy and then gets thrown in. I don't know. I yeah. just really enjoyed it. No, the editing yeah. in the movie is amazing. It is. I just can't, I can't, I can't get, once again, still sick. Can't, yeah. can't get my thoughts together on uh, that particular sequence. Right. But, um, even just like, the one I can't remember is like the shoes I said, you know, like the fact that he's just kind of going about his day and then all of a sudden you just see the shoes hanging there yeah. and, it, you know, and then it cuts to the wide shot of him just sitting there with his mom for a long time. Yeah. It's great, man. This is great. This is great overall. Great movie, yeah. You know? And and to, I thought it was like I remember reading, uh, reading about it before it came out, and it's like Taika Waititi's playing Hitler, yeah, in the kids' like imagination. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, this is like this is dangerous or it's bold. Yeah, see what happens, and you know, I feel bad for doubting him. Yeah, I did like the moments where um, you get like very caught up in in the kid and like his kind of fantasy world depiction and like the outrageousness and like the silliness of the characters. Mm -hmm. And then there will be moments here and there. Like, um, they're kind of like this, the rebel Wilson character is like really funny. Yeah. And then there's a moment where she's like gathering up the kids and she puts like a suicide vest on the kid and you're like, Oh my God, that's right. American. Yeah. They're like these moments that remind you like, Oh, that's right. The Nazis like exterminated people and were like the worst. Yeah. Yeah. They were horrible. I don't (laughs) think like, I, I think those moments though are, what makes all the arguments about like uh, somehow Jojo rabbit is like bad or like ridiculous or is mm-hmm. like glorifying Nazis or whatever. It's not, especially like moments like that. It's like the film constantly reminds you like, this is terrible. Yeah. Right. And, but yeah. it's showing it from the view of like a kid who's like caught up and he, yeah. he hasn't experienced war. He doesn't get the context. Yeah, he's a right. Little yeah. Baby. But like, yeah, <laughs> there's actually a really great shot towards the end of the film where, um, it's right before the, it's right before the, battle begins in the city and there's a shot of an old man taking food off his plate to put in like a in, uh, in like a, a basket for the war effort but he's a frail old man yeah and they linger on the shot for quite a quite a bit and it's just him taking his food and putting it in the basket to show like how fucking terrible this is that yeah. even this old man is like just trying to you know do this and yeah, it's yeah. Like, you, what are you doing like, just, <laughs> stop you know and it's over um and then kind of going back to the rebel wilson character it's like the it plays the fact that in, in real history, like, you know, at the end of the war, they really did have kids in like yeah. going out, like 12 year old kids going out with guns. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's fucking just, insane. It presents it in a really funny way, but it's, it's, it's what it's happened. It's also really morbid. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when Hitler, and Hitler shows up at the end with the mm-hmm. fucking gunshot in his head. <laughs> Holy like, fuck. Oh shit. Yeah. This is great. Um, yeah. But I think, like I said, movies that make you feel something like that movie was like, you know, it's, it's a beautiful movie, especially at the end. I actually, I think it's because I'm having a kid now. Cause like, yeah. I, I tear up at yeah, random parts of movies you now, <laughs> you know, like it's fucked up. Cause like, mm-hmm. it was like, uh, at the end when they like, they're dancing and like, I started tearing up and I was like, what yeah. the fuck is that? Dude. I mean, like I, I don't have a kid. I have a niece. So yeah, like, of course, yeah, for me, yeah, when yeah. I see that stuff, I, I get weird too. So yeah, I, I, you know. I can imagine um, with having your own kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good movie, man. Yeah. It was a really good movie. I think it's, to me, it should, uh, it should win 
Best Picture? Yeah. Out yeah. of all those movies. I really yeah. do feel that it's way. It's the most original. Yeah. It's, like. it's very yeah, unique. Most original. It's, it's fucking unique. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't? Yeah. You do disagree? What do you, what do you think? No, no. You can say, what, you can say Marriage Story. What's that? Marriage Story. No, I don't think Marriage Story. Okay. No, it shouldn't. I think every movie other than The Joker that's nominated is probably better than Jojo Rabbit. But that's not to put Jojo Rabbit down. Okay. Right. It's a very yeah. good movie. Yeah. I think it should win best picture. I, I, think, I think it's too like, yeah. cutesy to be like. I think that's the, the best point. movie. Oh, of the is year. that is that the? But mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of beauty part of it. It's yeah, like, that's. It's, it's the same way I felt yeah. about like Lady Bird. Like Lady Bird getting all these nominations. It's like Lady Bird was a cute little movie, but uh, it's not that good. Well, I think right. Lady Bird is all. I, well, I mean, it's but that's like that's kind of the beauty of Jojo Rabbit. It's like a little kid in this really fucked up. It's also. You know, I think that's it, it's it, great storytelling. Yeah, it's the sheen it, of youth over how fucking terrible it would be. Like the eight thousandth movie about World War Two. That too. Okay, okay I'll that. give you that. Like that the Nazis, yeah. like we you, get it. Yeah. Nazis were bad. I know. You're 100 right. Like, like what makes yeah. it unique is like the the Wes Anderson like showing it from the yeah. kids' perspective. Yeah, but like yeah. The, the, to do like an anti-hate satire, like making fun of Hitler, like Charlie Chaplin did that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. done. Yeah. It's not, I'm not trying to put the movie down. No, no, really, no, 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 I was shocked that the grenade blew up, though. <laughs> just, just putting it out there. Was, when that shit happened, I was like, oh. You're like, fuck. Wow, we're going there, huh? Mm. All right, cool. And Scarlett Johansson had a great, she was fucking she, you know, amazing performance. You know, her yeah. she, uh, between that and marriage story, I'm like, oh, yeah. She had I, a good year. Oh, yeah, yeah, she had a fucking good year. She, yeah, good yeah. Year. Yeah. she fucking killed it. You know, that's like everything, everything with her in it, it was fantastic. Yeah. You know, like, you look at, look at that and you're like, I want to be that parent. Yeah. You know, like, I would be that cool. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was good. Really good. Yeah. So that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Of the two. Sweet. Cool. Honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I got one. <laughs> Do it. Uh, this movie called I Lost My Body. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Everyone should watch it. Um, spoilers? Always. Always. I'm just going to tell you more, more or less the plot. And I don't want to get too into it because we're already so fucking far in. Yeah. Right? So our, so the movie opens with a uh, a hand in a lab, wakes up, and it crawls out of the fucking lab. It's an animation, by the way. Um, and basically, it tells a story about a person who loses his hand. Yeah. Um, and how the hand tries to find its way back to the person. Oh. So, yeah. basically, the movie is told in two different ways. The hand trying to crawl and, like, make its way through. It's a movie set in France. It's in mm-hmm. Paris. So, it's trying to make its way back to the fucking, its owner. Mm-hmm. And this kid who's, like, going through a hard time mm-hmm. and his eventual you know, accident. And what's really neat about that, like it's one of the only animations I ever watched where I felt way too much tension about this person losing his fucking hand. (laughs) So like, there's a lot of moments cause they, they, cause you know, it's coming. Mm -hmm. So they do this thing where they play that up a lot. He starts, Mm -hmm. he starts working at a, with a carpenter works at a wood shop Mm -hmm. and he's, he's just, you just see his hands very close to the blade. (laughs) They're very smart about it. And um, yeah, anyway, I, I know I don't want to fucking do too much of this, but like okay. it's amazing. And I recommend it to you guys. Right. Animation's fucking amazing. Um, French animation this mm. year apparently is like fucking gigantic. Oh, okay. So I lost my body. It's amazing. I think it's nominated for best animation as well. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Oh, cool. Good one. Yep. Nice. Jim, you're up. Now you should go first. I'm trying to, I'm still trying to remember. <laughs> my... What? I'm still trying to think of one right now. Yeah, I was kind of debating what I want to do as my shot. Yeah, which one do you want? Whichever one you want to. 
I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Cool. I'm gonna do the farewell. Ooh, oh, wow. Uh, okay. Especially because the farewell didn't get didn't get shit at the Oscars. Yeah, it, yeah, it deserves so much um, more. Um, I'll just say that I generally hate the Oscars, and I think we should start. We should stop. With the Oscars. I'm not yeah. going to watch it. We should stop. Yeah. yeah. We should just stop and like pick another award show to be the big award show. Yeah. Because it sucks. Every single fucking year, it sucks. The best ones are really the ones done by like the particular, like the SAG Awards or like the yeah. Ace Awards or, like, or something the, like that. I love the, know? um, like the Indie Spirit Awards are good. Spirit yeah. Awards, yeah. Plenty of better award shows. Yeah. Fuck the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be the flag bearer. No, it sucks. No. Um, farewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, think first time writer director i think it's her first film yeah stars aquafina who's like now my my favorite person <laughs> i love aquafina she's awesome uh she's got a comedy central show that i really want to see nora, nora just started queens. yeah yeah nora from queens of course a, a show entirely about queens comes out like two months after we do our queens episode fuck but, man yeah, of course um i would have loved to talk about that yeah. fuck <laughs> farewell uh, uh you know it's a girl who lives in new york who's chinese and uh her uh, grandmother dies um or her grandmother is dying, but her family keeps this elaborate secret to not tell her grandmother that she's dying. Mm-hmm. So the whole family kind of, it's based this. on a true story. Yeah. So the whole yeah. family is sort of, uh, they go to China and they're celebrating a wedding, which is kind of like a, a staged wedding. And really the whole thing is a funeral for the grandmother. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess like culturally or whatever, they don't want to tell her that she's dying. It's, they're, they're kind of reserved and it's like too painful for them to just kind of come out and deal with the fact that she's dying. Right. Uh, it's, it's an incredible movie. Mm. Um, it will make you die in a puddle of your own tears. <laughs> it, is it is devastating. <laughs> I saw it with my fiance and she, she, she's uh, uh, part Chinese. So she literally has like, you know, a Chinese grandmother. Yeah. She was like dying. Yeah. That was, she, I was going to ask you. She like, cried yeah. for like hours after the movie. I've never seen anything like it. We uh-huh. left the theater and like the entire way home, there were just tears coming from her face. Like it was, I was, was going to ask you, like, that's, that's a very accurate, like it's a very real thing in their culture, the, right? The yeah. entire time she was like, this is just like my family. Holy shit. Like, everything wow. about this yeah. is, and it's also of course one of those films that like, it, it's incredibly Chinese, but also anyone could relate to it. Like I, yeah. I'm sure like you or like somebody who has like family back in Spain could relate to it. Yeah. You know, somebody who has family in Puerto Rico, wherever yeah, you, can, yeah. you can definitely relate to it. Well, I mean like. Uh, she's to me. She's fascinating because she's like a, a a kid, an immigrant kid. Mm-hmm. So like she she gets to have that. She could she could definitely yeah. make more movies that could connect those two worlds together. And yeah. people are gonna mm-hmm. like their fucking brains are gonna explode. Especially if she's making a movie like The Farewell, and she can yeah. pull pull people's heartstrings like that. Yeah. By the way, her boyfriend is Barry Jenkins. Really? Oh shit! Lulu Wang who made The Farewell. I didn't know huh. that. Huh. So recently, there you go. There you go. Power couple. Mm. Huh. Mm. That's my honorable mention. Nice. Nice. I like it. All right. Boom. <laughs> Boom roasted. I got one. Uh, there's another curveball for you guys. Uh-oh. Also, some so, some shameless self-promotion, too. Oh, no. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to do it. What are you going to do? Umbrella. Oh, no. Not umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> umbrella. Go watch our YouTube short. Yeah. Please don't watch it. Yeah, for a little good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Art of self-defense. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, really, just because... Um, I did work on it, but also, <laughs> uh, also it is just a wacky, really fun. It was, it's, it's a really kind of irreverent, fun, weird movie Yeah, that, you know, it's, it's just a weird movie, you know, kind of going into what we were talking about earlier about like indie films that are just weird. Yeah. It goes full weird. That's good. And, uh, I really, I really appreciated that. And, um, it's funny as hell and yeah. Jesse Eisenberg's great. So that's it. I guess that's the overall take about 2019, like the movies. Going weird. There's so many good movies this year. Yeah. Oh, and were. like people yeah, just really weird. fucking going for it. Yeah. Like their ideas are not letting people. 
Yeah. Persuade I mean, them. Because if you look at the art self-defense, pretty much, it's just about a guy, just to give a pretty quick breakdown, it's a, a dude who is timid, gets mugged, uh, decides, a, decides to go into a karate class, and uh, throughout the course of learning martial arts, uh, comes into his own, but also realizes that these are the people who also mugged him. Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> um, Interesting. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, and then he kind of goes on a quest for revenge. Sweet. Um, oh my God. I love this. Already. better than revenge. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. karate revenge. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. And it goes full like old school martial arts movie yeah. revenge. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and then the, and I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it, it gets, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Oh man. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And so it, it's, yeah. Weird. Okay. People going balls to the wall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sweet. All right. That's it. Wow. That's it. We did it, guys. How long is this episode? It's an hour and 20. Okay. Oh, that's, that's not bad. bad. That's not that yeah. bad. That's yeah. not bad. Sweet. You know. That's like a, a typical morning commute for you idiots who live in LA. <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah, to move there. So you, should be, there. you should be arriving at the office just about now. God, I yeah. want to move there so yeah, you bad. made it. So bad. Yeah, you finally made it. Yeah, you're yeah. stuck in traffic all morning with your little sippy cup. Hey man, don't don't trash it too hard. Yeah, where's the parking at? That's us on the subway. If a a, a line breaks, or yeah, that's true. Breaks, it's yeah, that's true. Touche. You know, well, so. that, my commute was great for the past some months, and now it's gonna be awful. Yeah, mine's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. yeah, mine's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Mine's been great. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like a twenty minute commute for me right now, and not, and it's gonna be awful soon. But yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Let's do the Great. social media bits, right? Oh, we. Yeah. I mean, uh, Instagram. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, we're on all the social media. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. At the Postcast Podcast. Postcast Podcast. Yeah. yeah, baby. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Next time on the Postcast. Name? Bond. James Bond. This has been a J3 Filmworks production. <laughs>